Aloha, my friends. Mele Kalikimaka is the way to say Merry Christmas to you in Hawaiian. I am Vagabond, and it looks like it's happening. The economy is crashing. Down, down, down. Uh, right now, it is uh, solstice, the longest night of the year, and uh, boy, shortest day of the year. Can't be short enough. The government's about to shut down, key f- in the U.S. anyway. Key figures are getting out. Uh, the stock market is tumbling right now to huge lows, and a lot of people are about to be out of a job if the government shuts down, at least uh, not being paid, and it's not a pretty time. Uh, I have to say, uh, I have a, a number of friends who have lost people uh, at this time of the year. The uh, The oldest member of our family passed away a couple of nights ago. Uh, her name was uh, Dorothy, affectionately called Mamu. She was 103. Uh, we feel very fortunate that we had uh, so much time to spend with, with her, with Mamu. And she was a wonderful lady and touched the lives of everyone she came in contact with, even people that she came in contact with through the internet and Facebook and through uh, knowing other people and, uh, you know, side-by-side connections, this kind of thing. So anyway, you guys, I want you to not lose hope. This is a beautiful uh, time of the year. And it's also the, probably the most stressful time of the year. And I understand that. Uh, I talked about that a little bit last time. And we're, we're all going through it, uh, I think, to some extent this year. Uh, you know, maybe not, not everyone, and I hope it's not you. Uh, but keep your, keep your chin up, as they say. Uh, Mele Kalikimaka is the Hawaiian way to say Merry Christmas to you. And I'd also like to remind you that the word aloha... Aloha is the fundamental sound of ha, which means breath. We all breathe the same air. And each day, we're all living on the same planet. And each day, we're all connected through the breath that we breathe, through the uh, the light that we bring in and the light that we put out. Uh, now, speaking of that, I had a very nice perspective uh, change in these past couple of days. I was fortunate to spend the past two days uh, guiding a man who's roughly the same age as me. Uh, we have a lot of similarities. Uh, one big difference is that he was born blind and I was not. And guiding him around Hawaii, uh, you know, he wanted to see the same things as everyone wants to see when they come here and to experience them. And of course, you know, his seeing is very different. It's, uh, it has a lot to do with touching and hearing uh, the sights and the sounds. He said that people often will ask him why he wants to travel as a blind person because he can't see anything. And I was sort of astounded because I've traveled enough in the world to know that the most impactful things aren't the things that you see with your eyes. It's the feelings that you get, the change in the way the air feels, the uh, the humidity even, uh, not to mention the sounds, the, the smells, the, uh, you know, the way things taste, you know, all of this. And so for him coming from uh, Florida where he lives to Hawaii, completely and totally different environment. And we had an amazing time together, but, you know, spending time with him, he was very open about communicating about his, uh, his uh, blindness and how it's affected his life, you know, and, and I got to experience a little bit of that with him. We, uh, we went to a couple of shows, hula performances and, um, Hawaiian performances. And at one of them, uh, as his guide, I was sitting next to him and sort of explaining visually what was going on uh, so that he could 
know what the story was as we were watching. And a, a couple next to us, they didn't see that he was blind and they were just giving us stink eye in a heavy way all the way through. And at one point their baby started kicking him and he said quite loudly to me, Chris, is there a baby next to me kicking me? And at this point we just got daggers from the from the couple and then I think after a moment it it sort of dawned on them like he couldn't see. Um and when we got up to leave, you know, they they saw his cane and uh and then they they gave a nice smile and and we said aloha. Uh but you know, talking about this afterward, he said that this is a frequent occurrence with him. When he goes places, people consider him a burden, they consider him a distraction, and a lot of times he suffers from this, you know, and he suffers from having to ask for a little bit of assistance. One of the big reasons why he was with me uh, on this tour was because he likes to take big group tours because there's camaraderie, but he couldn't find a group tour in Hawaii that was willing to put the extra effort in to uh, taking care of someone who's sight-impaired you know, who's visually uh, unable to see, you know, and there's certain things that he does does need help with, you know, finding his way into unfamiliar situations, knowing where the bathroom is at. Um, Very capable man, very capable of doing uh, most of the things that he needs to do by himself. But there's, you know, a certain level of help in a strange place that a person who can't see is going to need. And a lot of these companies, these tour companies, they weren't willing to offer that to him and uh, just found that to be disturbing on so many levels. You know, we live in this country that, uh, at least I, you know, you, I I don't know where you live as you're listening to this. By the way, thank you for listening to this. But we live in, I live in this country, the United States. It's one of the richest nations, if not the richest nation to ever exist on the planet. And we're really failing, you guys. We're failing in the way that we take care of each other. We're failing in the way that we take care of the planet. We're failing in the way that we set an example for other countries. It's so sad, you know, and uh, all of that is really magnified right now, looking at, uh, you know, what's going on with the world and what's going on with the the Trump administration and the, um, the government shutdown and the putting children in detention camps and wanting to build huge walls to keep people out, you know. When did we become like this? Well, I guess we can point some fingers and maybe pick some dates, but I guess it's always been there on some level and it's a shame. So you guys, here we are. It's Christmas, just a couple of days before, longest night of the year. Now, I really do believe that the uh, stock market today is going to take a serious hit. Uh, So far, it's down about 500 points and it looks like it's going to head quite a bit lower than that uh, to me. And as I've been saying since I started this, Vagabond Podcast Adventures, and also uh, on the website, I think that the, uh, the number one way to protect yourself and your money and your family is to invest in Bitcoin. And I know Bitcoin has taken a big hit this year. You know, it's dropped like 90% from where it was, something like that, 75%, a huge drop. But that's all reaction. That's all reaction to something that's brand new and that did hit a bubble, admittedly. But I think that that bubble was just uh, the very bottom of where this is going to go. Now, the reason why I believe in cryptocurrency, the reason why I believe in Bitcoin especially, is because it's something that the government really can't touch. You know, Uh, as much as the Trump administration wants to take control of everything, they can't take control of Bitcoin. They can't shut down Bitcoin. He can't say, if Congress doesn't pass this bill, I'm going to shut down Bitcoin. He could shut down the treasury. 
He could shut down the Treasury Department. He could shut down the Federal Reserve. He could fire all the Federal Reserve uh, board members. There's so much that he can do, but as far as Bitcoin goes, there's nothing that he can do. And while it might drop further, I don't think it's gonna. I think we've hit the bottom, and I think now it's nowhere but up, and up is gonna be a very steep curve in 2019. So make your own decisions, do your own research, and of course, don't invest more than you can afford to lose because no one knows what's gonna happen. But uh, no one knows what's gonna happen with cash or gold or equities, except it does seem right now that equities are gonna go down pretty drastically. And I think the dollar, the U.S. dollar, has nowhere to go but down as well. Uh, We will see. Anyway, at this time of the year, I know it's super stressful. I know that we're, a lot of us, losing people that we love and care about. Uh, A lot of us have lost jobs or are in danger of not collecting paychecks. Uh, You know, there's those of us out there who are visually impaired or blind and can't see. Those of us out there suffering from other disabilities, other impairments. And I just wish you all a Mele Kalikimaka, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Happy New Year, a Happy Kwanzaa, uh, you know, and no matter what your faith, no matter what your beliefs, no matter what your religion, uh, what I want to say to you is I hope that this season brings you perspective and joy and that you're able to look at your loved ones, no matter where they are or how they are, and appreciate the fact that they are near you or that you were able to spend time with them and so much more. Aloha, my friends. Mele Kalikimaka. And hey, guys, since I mentioned cryptocurrency, I decided to uh, add a little bit from a past podcast onto the end of this where I explain uh, exactly what cryptocurrency is. Just so if you're going to think about getting into it, you have a little better idea of what you're getting into. Aloha! What's a cryptocurrency? Well, essentially, to understand cryptocurrency, you have to understand blockchain. And what a blockchain is, is it's a decentralized ledger Okay, so a ledger meaning a record of transactions, and it's decentralized, meaning it's not just in one place. It's distributed uh, throughout a wide array of computer systems and not controlled by just one party. Okay, so it's trustless, so you don't have to trust, like, the bank to record the transaction right. Um, So it's a decentralized, trustless ledger distributed in a wide network. And then it's encrypted so that it, it can't be changed. No one can read it unless they have the private key and the public key. So the public key points to where it is. The private key basically unlocks it. And you're in control of that if you own the cryptocurrency. And then, uh, in order to do all these transactions, they have to be paid for. And how do you pay for the encryption and the the hashing, which, which is what the encryption really is, and the storage and all of that, you pay for that with the cryptocurrency. So the cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin, has value because it's actually paying for the maintenance and creation and uh, distribution of the blockchain. I hope that makes sense. I think that's the simplest way to explain it. So essentially, you've got a, a, a book of transactions that are encoded, and then they're spread out to many places so that they can't be changed, and 
the way that you pay for that service that so that no one has to trust and no one can change it is you pay for that with tokens or coins like cryptocurrency that's it that's what it is that's that's as simple as it is nobody seems to uh, be able to explain that very simply like that in the media but that's all it is it's a ledger book that's been encoded and shared out so that nobody can game the system with it and that's what makes it so valuable so in Hawaii they make it very difficult to invest in that Hawaii is a funny state in that way we don't have any gambling whatsoever uh, again protecting our citizens uh, but which has also made Hawaii's number one tourist destination Las Vegas which I think that the uh, Vegas politicians and the casinos I'm pretty sure that they pay pretty heavily to keep Hawaii a non-gambling state so that this, it stays the number one tourist destination of people from Hawaii cryptocurrency is a bit like gambling today if you're engaged in it and I know some people may not like me saying that but the truth of the matter is nobody knows exactly which cryptocurrency is going to end up becoming the de facto world currency one of them is going to it's already happening on a certain level most likely it will be Bitcoin it has first advantage uh, it has the advantage of not having a founder uh, who is visible and public nobody knows who Satoshi Nakamoto the guy who uh, wrote the Bitcoin white paper that uh, that launched Bitcoin uh, nobody knows who he is or where he is or even if he's still around there's nobody in control of Bitcoin it's essentially he wrote and launched a code and disappeared so that's a big advantage he also wrote a very solid code a very well thought out code and the people who have taken control um, of that by building all of the nodes and when I say taking control what I mean is they're actually the, the miners the ones who are doing the hashing doing the work um, this is a wide network of people who basically are so far distributed that it's impossible to game the system impossible is a funny word it's extremely difficult and it would be extremely expensive and since these are the same people who have a vested interest in Bitcoin actually having a value it would be against their own best interests on top of that so far I haven't seen any argument that would make it in their interest to game the system and even if it were I don't think it's possible without something like a quantum computer which is 20 30 years down the road if ever going to happen so what is the value of cryptocurrency well the value is essentially the other day I went to the bank I made a deposit the uh, bank teller uh, nice older lady uh, she actually made a mistake she put my money in somebody else's account and when I went to look at my account later I saw that that mistake had been made I had to trust the bank to put my money into the right account if I'd been using Bitcoin I would have gotten the money and it would have gone directly to me or to where I wanted it and it would have been hashed and there would have been no need to trust that nice older lady and there would have been no way to, for her to make a mistake the mistake could have been made on my end but not on their end and there are a lot of bank mistakes that go unnoticed in the world 